This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. On the free Odyssey app. The workday is coming to an end. It is 5 o'clock. I will see you all tomorrow. But Quinn and Chris are just getting started. Sports talk it is. Your hosts, Tony Quinn Jr. Those feathers would have been splashed out all over the place, man. They would have canceled that series. And Chris Ello. All right, short short segment here. (laughs) Short segment. It's time to get you up to speed on all things sports. Yes! 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 With plenty of nonsense in between. Oh, look! Here comes our fearless producer! Gwen and Chris starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. Into the 3 o'clock hour we go. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Chris, uh... The girl, the women got a, a nice victory in last night's game. Yeah, posted a solid win last night in Reno. Uh, so uh, good on them. They stay tied for second place in the conference. They're a little uh, point guard for the uh, Aztec oh, women's basketball game. team. Asia Avenger is a really dynamic player. And she took on the world last night, Tony. And I, I'll tell you, it's fun to watch her. I mean, she gets all the way to the rim and, and shoots with her offhand and gets gets buckets over much taller players. Uh, she's a fun player to watch, and you know it's just kind of exciting to see her grow. She's only a sophomore. Mm. Her twin brother plays cornerback on the football team, and uh, I think they did an article about her in the UT a couple of weeks they ago. Did. Yeah, and um, you know she's really one of the great great players this team has, and she just she balled last night for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Nice win. Uh, for the Aztec women's hoop team. Uh, BetQL has correctly predicted 73% of all bets in each of the last two rounds of the NFL postseason. You can find your opportunity with bets, with best bets, pro betting trends, line movements, and more. BetQL has correctly predicted money line bets on 78% of Jalen Hurts' career start. With a three-day trial, you can try out BetQL worry-free. Get the betting insight you need for the Super Bowl with a three-day trial of BetQL. Visit BetQL.com today to get started. Remember, gamble responsibly, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and it's free, so it's free. why you not? Know what I it, love free you know stuff. what I almost got? I almost got lit up last night, guys. My wife happened to be listening to the segment yesterday when we oh, talked about oh. the bet I made on Travis Kelsey to score the oh. first touchdown of Super Bowl 57. Um, and she kind of backed me into a corner a little bit. Oh, said, she's yeah. getting in, into our winnings, isn't she? <laughs> no, she didn't, but she, she oh. did say, I heard you made, did you make a bet on the Super Bowl? And my first thought was, oh, no, she's not going to be happy with this. And I said, yeah, we did it for the show. It was kind of a show thing. And she goes, yeah, how much did you wager? And I thought, oh, no. I said, $25? And she said, oh, that's good. Okay, good. I think she was worried. Ah, I think she was worried that we spent, like, you know, a paycheck or something on this thing. So she was okay with that. from you right there when she was like, oh, okay. Instant relief. Oh, I'm telling you, Tony, I was sweating it out big time (laughs) that she was going to be unhappy that I just used 25 of our dollars and – and she likes to say when it comes to gambling, 
you know, just basically wasting the money. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be fun to watch the beginning of the Super Bowl tomorrow or Sunday and hope that the Chiefs get down there for the first scoring opportunity and scream at the television if they if they throw into Travis Kelsey. So as you I'm kind of glad we're involved. As you started to tell that story and you got to the part where she asked you, where, where, where she asked you how much, I definitely, like in my own skin, was like, ooh, what do, <laughs> what do you do here? What do you say here? Because it could go one or two ways. Thankfully, it went the right way. Uh, Scraby's got a Daily Gambit lined up for us. Let's, uh, let's get to some Daily Gambit. Do you like money? I think about money a lot. Do you like money without doing anything? Uh, duh, winning. Do you want to make money while watching sports? I think Washington is immortal luck. Washington! Woohoo! If you answered yes, this is your segment. Just don't blame us when you lose. Nothing is ever your fault. It's your game. Take it. Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan. Daily Gambit is our daily sports betting segment here on Gwen and Chris. We've made a ton of bets throughout the week on the Super Bowl, so we'll have everything to review on Monday. Remember, everybody, gamble responsibly, and please tell your wife what you are spending before you do it so you do yeah. not end up in the predicament that Chris did yesterday. Yes, I was in a predicament to be sure. But I'm, you know what? I'm proud of myself. I came clean, and I was rewarded for coming clean. So, yeah, that was good for me. All right. Uh, let's start with San Diego State. They're going to be playing UNLV tomorrow at home, and it's going to be at 1 p.m. on Fox, actually. No line set, Chris, so we're going to rely on our in-house or in-house bookie to make the line for tonight. <laughs> Chris the bookie. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the Aztecs obviously coming off that went on the road. UNLV got a, had a great non-conference season, but the Aztecs handled them the first time around in Las Vegas. UNLV's just 4-7. and seven. This sounds like a good 10 to 11 point spread to me, so I'll say 10 and a half. 10 and a half, wow. Ooh. Oh, I didn't even realize it was going to be that big. Okay. Let's, well, you can uh, always take UNLV if you want to. Yes, mm. That's right up Scrape's alley. You know he likes to do stuff like that. Yeah, he mm. likes to do that. I feel like they, they, they learned something from their win oh. the other night. Oh, okay. I feel like they learned that they can win when everything is stacked against them. Right. And I think that they learned that they could win by at least 11 play, points or more, so I'm going Aztecs. So that's what they learned. They learned they can win by 11. That's what they yes, learned? Yes, yes. Interesting. Tony, what would you like to go with? I'm taking the Aztecs, baby. Aztecs, baby. Chris, do I even ask? No, I'll take UNLV. I think I set the spread too high. Oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, I'm going to go UNLV for Chris. <laughs> that is not how it's supposed to go, Chris. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know. I'm just throwing you guys a little curveball there. Make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> Man, worst in-house bookie of all time right here. Wait, so the spread, we're going with 10 and a half? We're going spread? with 10 and a half. Give me you an LP there. I'm gonna I bet it'll be Aztecs. pretty close to that. I'm going to stick to the Aztecs. Give me you an LV. That a boy, Scraby. Well, if they, oh, lose, if they lose, it's your guys' fault because you pick you an LV. Yeah, you now, know what? Give me the Aztecs. I'll oh, my gosh. Mind. I just deleted I don't it three be, times. I don't want to be responsible for that. Okay. Chris does, though. Now, let's go to the spread of the Chiefs and the Eagles. I mean, or Chris doesn't like to do this because we have our picks later. So, I, I guess, uh, Chris, would you like us to skip this bet until we do our picks at 520? 
Or yeah, it's only a one and a half point spread, so let's save it up for our picks. But we okay. can always do the over under. And there all we that go. Stuff. Yes, I have yeah. that over under for the Super Bowl is fifty one points. Chris, do you think uh, it's going to be over under? I got to be honest with you. I think fifty one is a really good number for this game. I, I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be. If you're looking at the over under, I honestly feel like it's going to be within a possession of fifty one yeah. points yeah. coming down the stretch, and either somebody's going to score and go over. Or, you know, they're not going to score and it's going to be under. I, I think it's going to be that close, but I will predict over. Over. Okay. Tony, what yeah. do you think? Mm. So we're looking at like 26, 25, something along them lines. Let's go, uh, let's go over. Over. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go under. I, I think these are two very good defenses. And... The Eagles are the best defense ever seen in football's history. Oh, so here you go. I'm going to go uh, with the under on this one. Now, I know Chris loves doing this, but we're going to predict the score of the halftime The halftime score. Okay. And, Tony, you're going to be up first. Okay. What do you think the f- halftime score is going to be? 14-10. Who's leading? Kansas City. Kansas City. That would be plus 14 or plus 4,000. 1410 on Kansas City, so we'll do plus that. Four, that's a great one right plus there. Plus 4,000. Uh, Chris, what would you think the score is? Well, I talked to my good friend Cynthia Freeland about this this morning, oh, guys. <laughs> Leave Cynthia out of the, this. Before I got on the plane to San Jose, and she told me the halftime score is going to be Chiefs 12.9, okay. Eagles right. 7.8. <laughs> So, so 13, 13 to 8. <laughs> I don't even know that that's a choice, to be honest. It's, it's, it should be, though. The 8 should definitely be a choice. Um, I would have to look through the millions of score combinations. That, that one wasn't that. on your top of your uh, list no, right there? No, definitely not. 13 I'll to say 13 13 to 7. How about 13 to 7? That's at least a that 13 to 7. Uh, it's a okay. goal. I'll have the, and who, I'll I'll have the, the Eagles on top. You'll have the Eagles on top. That would be plus 5,000, that score right okay. there. Mm. Right. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs 10-7 to 7 at halftime over the Eagles. That's plus 4,000. So Chris has the highest seven. odds You're right really there. looking for the defenses to play well, Scraby. Yeah, I don't know why. He is. I don't know why. I really don't know why. But let's hope. Let's hope that I'm close. Can you change minds to instead of equals 4,000? Can I get a plus 4,000 okay. there, please? Thank I, you. I'm, I'm, I'm Okay. All right. Whoops, I did it again. I hit the equal sign. Next one is going to be I What is this bet? I didn't label the bet. Um it's crazy. Oh. Okay, it's it's regulation. Are they going to tie and go into overtime basically? Is a draw plus 1000? Who's leading at the end of regulation? Chiefs are plus 125, Eagles minus 110, draw is plus 1000. I'll go first. I'm going to say the Chiefs. Chiefs. All right. Well, Chris? I'm going to say that it's not going to be a draw without giving away my pick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. for. We've made so no, do many one more. Say. Please do one more. I'll, I'll, I I'll give another. you the one to do. Okay, no, go. I got one go. more. Okay. It's All even right. odds. It's even odds. Both are dead even. We have to bet on the coin flip. And the reason Ooh. we have to bet on the coin flip is that the winner of the coin flip has lost eight consecutive Super Bowl games. 
Oh, don't want to win the coin flip. No, you, you definitely don't want to win, win the, the coin, coin flip. flip. The coin flip winning team has lost eight consecutive Super Bowls. So if you're, you know, pay attention to the coin flip on Sunday. That may tell you the outcome before the game even starts. We did do the coin flip on Monday, I oh, believe. We, uh, we just talked about it. We didn't actually bet on it. We didn't do it. it. Yeah, yeah, we just talked about it. We didn't actually it. bet on it. Um, Give me the uh, Eagles win. Wait, what? The coin flip. Oh, the Eagles win the coin flip? Yeah. No, you have to guess heads or tails. Oh, tails. Never fails? Sure. Chris? Heads up. Seven up. Heads up. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with heads as well. And Interesting. Hope- yes. So that's it. We have so many bets, but that's that's gonna be good for me to go over on Sunday. It's gonna night. take the Real- entire show on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, uh, Chris, Mister Scraby uh, informed me that, and I don't know, may, I, I don't remember you guys talking about this on air. This happened long time ago but uh, apparently when he was a uh, intern uh he uh met for a you company. for for a different company he met you uh at the station and he said you big lead him basically basically yeah. is that true i don't even remember it so that's see this is what he says every single time <laughs> this is what he says every single time i was a spring chicken in radio you and were like super excited yeah and i was an intern what was the obviously specifics of how i big timed you did i I'm just gonna not tell say you. hello well, I'm going to tell you. So the people who I interned with, um, they told me the first thing you need to do is just go meet everyone. Say hi to everyone in the building. Get to know them. Get your face in their face so that they can get you your can, face in so their face. that you can move up through the ranks. So I saw Chris in the cafeteria area. He was getting water. I was doing something and I didn't know him. So I just went up and said, hey, I'm, I'm an intern for uh, that station. And uh, I just want to say hi. And if you need anything, let me know. And Chris uh, turned around. It was like four in the morning. Turned around. <laughs> and he was like, hey. And then he just walked out. He just walked out. Like nothing. Gave me nothing at all. Hey. Hey. I, think I, could, I, I think since you asked me to, if, I, if you could do anything, it would have been worse if I would have actually asked you to go out and wash my car or something like that. Well, yeah, that would have been worse. But, uh, yeah, it yeah, was here's really the funny. keys. Go take it down to the car wash, will you? Because, like, Kids. later on down the road when I found out that I was going to be working with Chris. That's hilarious. You would have remembered him sending I remember you. that. Chris didn't. And I go, really? <laughs> Chris doesn't even know who I am. That's hilarious. But it all worked out. All right. Uh, let's get to break. When we come back, we'll continue this 3 o'clock hour, and we'll talk a little bit about the home run total projection. Uh, I don't know who did that. MLB, MLB Network, Network yeah. came up with a, a, the leader for each team in each division. We'll go over it next. Might be surprised who the leader is for the Padres. More going to Chris on the way. Three twenty-one on the clock, live here from La Costa Canyon High. Big matchup tonight: Tory Pines Falcons taking on the La Costa Canyon Mavericks. Just gave a pep talk to a few of the guys on the basketball team. A few of the seniors just rolled through here. Um, I said, "Make LCC proud, guys." And they're like, "Yeah, all right." I guy. know. They're like, "Who's who, this who dork? Is this dork over here?" <laughs> Little do they know, there's a statue around here somewhere with birds surrounding it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, as we said, the matchup starts at seven o'clock tonight. You know, part of the reason myself and Chris and and Matt enjoy doing this is to give the high school programs here 
a platform, kind of give them some more exposure. It's a it's a good sports community here in this city, uh, and it really expands over across all sports. It just so happens that the two sports that fit best for our show and 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 really for this station is is football and basketball. So we're going to do our best to try to highlight those. Um, before we went to break, spoke to you guys about MLB Network's predictions for home runs. We'll start in the NL West because it's really the only division that matters to any of us anyway. Um, who do you think the, the Padre leader is, Chris? Padre leader for predicted home runs. Well, Manny seems like the obvious choice just because he's an automatic 30 guy. Right. But I And Fernando's going to miss 20 games. I think Fernando's going to end up beating Manny out, so I'll, I'll take a wild guess that they they predicted Fernando. Your wild guess is absolutely spot on. And ladies and gentlemen, really? I can tell you right now that Chris has not seen this doc yeah. or seen these things, so that was a good guess, Chris. 35 homers mm-hmm. is the prediction for Fernando Tatis Jr. That would lead all of the division. Uh, second would be Mookie Betts with 31. Third would be Christian Walker with 28, C.J. Crone with 27, and Mitch Hanniger, who's now a giant, with 24. But Fernando with 35, despite despite missing 20 games, which I will say, not all that unfamiliar for him. If you go back and look at his numbers, um, he missed around that many games the year he hit, what what was it, 40? 40-something. 40 40-something. 40 he, he, he missed some time with injury that year. So, it's not completely out of the realm for him to miss 20 games and still be able to put up gigantic numbers. That's the prediction uh, in the National League West. Uh, I'm a little surprised highest... by a couple things. Real quick, Tony, I'm a little yeah, surprised. Ahead, ahead, Man- well, Manny's not in there, right? Or is Manny yeah, there no. and I just, you didn't he's, read him off? No, he's not in there. That, those, are, those are the leaders for each team in the division. Yeah, only one guy per oh, team. Oh, for each well, team in the division. Well, except for the Rockies because the Rockies don't have anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris, they got C.J. Crone. Oh, C.J. Crone. Okay, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Uh, the, the highest home run total would be, anybody want to take a guess? A uh, little guy named Arson Judge. Or, I mean, I sorry, I, I sorry Aaron Judge. Judge. I don't know if it's a little guy. Really not a little guy. You're a, right. <laughs> a big guy named Arson or Aaron, who, however you like it. They didn't even put an exact number. They put a 44 with an arrow kind of like pointing. It's not pointing up, but I think it means he can go. It, it could be higher than 44. Yeah. Well, it's going to be tough after a year of, what, 62? I mean, yeah. You know, I expect they're going to pitch. So what'd you say? You expect more? I said, I expect 63. Yeah. So you're expecting him to hit more. I mean, Mm -hmm. Tony, Mm -hmm. you can, you can speak to this. I mean, when you got a guy in the lineup with 62 home runs from the year before, I I don't think he's going to get a lot of pitches to hit this year. I know he didn't get a lot to hit last year, but he really, he slowed down the last month and a half. I think when teams were really pitching around him, I think he's going to have to deal with that a lot this season. So, I think 44 is a good number. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't automatically bet over on that. I mean, that's 62 was hard to do for a reason. I mean, it's yeah, never been right. done before in the American League and to expect that he's going to come back and do it again is it would really be something. 40 is hard to get to. Forget 60. Yeah. 40 is is yeah, a exactly. huge number and difficult number to get to. Uh just kind of going through some of the divisions National League Central. Your home run leader in that division is Rowdy Telez with 30. 
Arenado and Goldschmidt both on the list with 29. Uh, Seiya Suzuki, 25. O'Neill Cruz, 27. Will Myers, 20. The leader for the Cincinnati Reds. Good for him. Uh, really? Will. Yeah. Yeah, National League East. What's he uh, coming off of, about four last year? <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head. Sorry about that, Will, but I had to sneak that in. I mean, he did not have a big power year. No, he did not. He also missed a lot of games. He did. He did. He missed He missed. He missed most of the season, he if did. I'm not mistaken, with that knee issue. Uh, in the NL East, Austin Riley with 35, uh, Jazz Chisholm with 27, Pete Alonzo and Kyle Schwarber tie for the lead with 39. Um, in the AL East, I mentioned Judge. You got Devers with 32, Brandon Lowe with 27, Anthony Santander with 29, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with 39. Um, it seems like the Centrals on both sides are on the um, – Weaker home run totals as as a whole. Jose Ramirez with 30, uh, Salvador Perez with 30, Javier Baez 22, Buxton 32, Eloy Jimenez 31, and lastly in the West, Mike Trout leads the way. 39 for him, Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez 36, Julio Rodriguez 32, uh, Seager with 27, and uh, Lariano for the A's with 22. So, uh, those are the predictions, but I found it interesting uh, a little bit that Fernando is the leader for the Padres. Not only the leader for the Padres, leaders for the entire National League West. He hit he hit third or I'm um, sorry, he hit 42 home runs in a season where he missed 32 games. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, He's, he missed. I'm sure he missed a bunch oh, I, of time. I looked it up. It was 32 games. 32 games, and he had how many that year? Uh, 42. 42 homers. I mean, so. We've seen Fernando when he gets going, and listen, it's, it might be a different story this year because he's missed a full year of at bats, of rhythm, of some of the things that we kind of just take for granted. Um, but we have seen this guy get hot, and there isn't. <laughs> there, it's hard to say that there's very much like it in the league when he's hot. Yeah, I hope he gets hot. I, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes out of the gate. It's going to be a lot of pressure on him after those first 20 games, but I'm pretty sure once he hits a few and gets comfortable and gets the fans behind him, you know, 35 is not impossible for Fernando, but, you know, Manny, you know he's going to be in the 30s. I think Soto's going to be in the 30s this year. I think the Padres are going to have a good shot at having three 30 home run guys. I don't know about Bogarts. He was down a little bit last year, and he's in a tough park to hit home runs. Yeah, he was down for him, you know, a little bit. Um but, uh, you know, to get four guys with 30, that might be a little much. But, you know, uh, Frank did chime in and tell me that uh, Will Myers did finish with a grand total of seven last year. So yeah, it's certainly give understandable. Give him some respect, Chris. I'm giving him respect. I'm giving him his seven home runs. That's that's what the stats say. I'm giving say, him so. his seven home runs. They're, they're giving him a lot of home runs because of uh, the Reds ballpark, I'm assuming. 20 home runs. I mean, he hasn't hit 20 home runs in, in a long time. Uh, I have some news for Scraby. Oh, gosh. It's a bubble burster for him. What? Tom Brady has officially filed for retirement. It's actually in the paperwork. Brett Favre did too, and then he took it back. I'm just saying, you kept leaving it out there. He hasn't officially, he hasn't filed paperwork. Well, has it gone through? He's filed the paperwork. Hasn't his name gone is through. now <laughs> his name is now popped up for uh, Hall of Fame in what five years? I think it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw that his name on the list, so they're assuming this paperwork has fully been processed, Scraby. I mean, it's really easy to just leave a name off a list. 
I don't know if you. I don't know if it works that way. I don't know if you can just come in and just delete a name off a list. Like it's probably some. Got to go through some some well, tech, I, I, some tech I honestly believe that Brett Favre unretired after filing paperwork to retire. You honestly believe? We know that he he unretired after filing paperwork. So this is what could happen with Tom Brady. Why not? Some team comes calling and they're going to be all about it. You hear this, Chris? You hear this nonsense from Scraby? Yeah, and that's just what it is—nonsense. I mean, he's, 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 the thing is, is he doesn't know when to admit that he's wrong. You know, it's okay to oh, be oh, wrong. Oh, pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> what? What? Okay, I will admit that I do sometimes have a problem when admitting I'm wrong. But with Tom Brady, I think all bets are off. You usually do a lot of ranting and raving, and then you get to the point where you can say. You're wrong. It, you never just get there. You usually have to work my way through it yeah, and do. then realize this whole time what you guys were saying was actually Go ahead, say the word. I, was actually what I should have been feeling from there, the beginning. There you go. There you go. All right, let's uh, step away. Let's get to break. When we come back, we've got our Friday countdown. And obviously with Super Bowl two days away, we're going to highlight. Oh, well, you know, you just have to wait and see. <laughs> More Gwen and Chris on the way. Back here at Lacoste Canyon High School, ahead of the big LCC Tory Pines game. I'm Scraby. You got Tony Gwynn Jr. here with me, Chris Ello in San Jose, and school just let out. And Tony is once again one of the most popular people on campus. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> Don't believe the hype. Everybody coming by yelling, "Go Padres!" And yeah, uh, the Padres hi. are the most popular thing on this yeah, campus. That's true. That's true. But uh, we're having fun here at LCC, and we're going to do our countdown in just a second. It's going to be we're going to reveal the name. Now, since I think we've done every single Super Bowl topic that we can think of, best Super Bowls, best commercials, best Super Bowl foods. But this time we're going to do the top five worst Super Bowls. And so I have my list ready to go. Tony and Chris have theirs ready to go. So let's check traffic and then get into the countdown. It's now time for Gwen and Chris to rank their top five of the day. Gonna grip and rip as usual. But this isn't just a regular top five list. I love it. It sounds sadistic, but I love it. This is The Countdown. And it starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. Number All right. five. Wow. <laughs> right out quick. the gate. Coming in hot. But no, thanks, Frank. That's a... Uh, you picked the right countdown open. Frank uh, is learning that it's a li- well. He's not learning. He already knows this, but the board gets a little hectic. Tony and Chris have seen me sweat, and there wasn't something in the log. Frank got it done, so good job, Frank. But as I nice said, work, Frank, we are doing the top five worst Super Bowls. So I'm going to start, and then we'll go with Chris next. But my number five is going to be Super Bowl 41. Between the Colts and the Bears, it was 29-17. to 17. The Colts won. I remember going to San Luis Obispo for this Super Bowl party, and all of us could not be more bored by this game. Even though a ton of points were scored, it was lightly raining. Rex Grossman, I think, sacked himself in the, in the Super Bowl. So this game was not fun. It wasn't a good one. It was Peyton's first title, but I, I don't have fond memories of it. That's my number five. Chris? That game did get off to an exciting start, though. I remember Devin Hester returned the opening oh, yeah. touchdown. But That's a good point. You're right, Scraby. It was all downhill after that. All right, my number uh, five uh, worst Super Bowl was Super Bowl One. It was played at the L.A. Coliseum back in 1967. The Green Bay Packers ran away from the Kansas City Chiefs 35-10. to It wasn't even a contest. 
at the time, you know, the NFL was the established league. The AFL was trying to make a name for itself. And there just was no respect at all given to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then they didn't play like they deserved any respect. The following year, the Packers beat the Raiders 33-14. to And at the end of the first two Super Bowls, there was some talk of just putting an end to the Super Bowl before it ever got started. That's how bad the first two games were. So that's why everybody thanks the great Joe Namath upset victory in Super Bowl three for, you know, turning around the NFL and pretty much saving the entire future of the Super Bowl. Because after first two games, it wasn't much at all. The first game wasn't even a sellout. So that tells you how lack of interest was at the very beginning. My number five uh, on this list is also that Colts Bears Super Bowl Forty One. It was, it got off to a great start uh, because of the punt return, but there wasn't much else out of the weather made that game sloppy. It just it wasn't the same type of game um, that, especially we've had over the last few years here in Super Bowl. So that's that's number five on my list. All right. Number four. Frank, there you go. <laughs> Attaboy, Frank. Next, the tank. <laughs> Attaboy, Frank. That's uh, what we're – let me start over. Mm. My next one mm. is going to be, I believe, mentioned a couple times on this list, but it's Super Bowl 52, New England Patriots against the Los Angeles Rams. The Patriots won 13-3. to This was one of the most boring Super Bowls I've ever watched because it was just a punt fest, and the points weren't even scored until way late in the game. Um, we were talking about it the next day. It, it was just one of the most snooze fest, nothing happened Super Bowls I've ever witnessed. And, and my list, by the way, is just going to be Super Bowls I can remember. But yeah, this one was bad. Chris? All right, number four for me is Super Bowl 15. Uh, it was in New Orleans at the end of the 1980 season. The Oakland Raiders beat the Philadelphia Eagles 27 to 10. Uh, the thing that made this game very difficult for anybody from San Diego was that two weeks prior to it, the Chargers had blown the AFC Championship yes, game on their home had. field, losing to the Raiders. And so there just was not a lot of excitement for that game. There was a lot of people around these parts that were really upset that the Chargers weren't playing in the game. It felt like the Chargers had a much better team. They had swept the Raiders during the regular season, but... Just a, a turnover fest in the AFC Championship game allowed the Raiders to advance. And the game itself was quite boring. The Raiders scored two early touchdowns. The Eagles never threatened at all. There was no chance ever for the Eagles to win that game. It was ho-hum from the first quarter on. Uh, number four on my list. Ooh, some news just came down in Major League Baseball. We'll get to that oh, here gosh. after the countdown. Uh, number four on my list was the Chiefs-Bucks from a few years back. Um, that was the Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes really oh, had yes. no offensive line, yeah. and the Bucks made it look like a mismatch all game. I mean, there were a few highlights for Patrick Mahomes throwing balls, like falling down, but that's <laughs> how bad the game was that we had to lock in on those type of things for the Chiefs. It was a, it was a drubbing. 31-9 in Super Bowl 55. The Bucks walk away. Tom Brady gets his title in his first year as a Buccaneer. I think many people. Sorry, Frank, that was my fault. I think many people were thinking that Tom was going to go on to win a couple more with the Bucks after that. It but felt everything, like it. everything kind of fell apart after that. Um, I love how you brought that up like that was meaningful. 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> Just to I'm take your to shot at Tom Brady. Yes, of course. My number three is going to be the same one. Super Bowl 55, Bucks 31, Chiefs 9. Everything that Tony said and more, it was bad. That's all I got to say. Chris? Uh, I'm going to go with the one at number three that you went with, Scraby, earlier. Patriots, Rams 13-3. to Jared Goff was absolutely awful in that game. I mean, the Rams have been dynamic through the entire season. They couldn't even get a first down. And then for the Patriots, for their part, this was easily the worst game Tom Brady ever played in a Super Bowl, yet he ended up winning it. Uh, The only thing I remember is he threw one pass to uh, Rob Gronkowski there in the fourth quarter down near the goal line and set up the only touchdown of the game. It was, you know, it was the lowest scoring Super Bowl. There was no action. One touchdown total. It was not what Super Bowls are supposed to be about. <laughs> Let's go out to uh, MetLife Stadium. And this was, uh, although I enjoyed the outcome of this game, this was not <laughs> a fun game to watch. The Seattle Seahawks just, I mean, destroyed the Denver Broncos. It was not a good game from the moment the game started. Yeah. From you, the literal you, moment. From the literal <laughs> moment the game started. I think there was a first snap over Peyton's head. Safety. You You knew yep. that this was not going to end well, and it didn't. Final score in this one, 43-8. This is Super Bowl 48. Number two. Same thing for me, Tony. The only reason it's different is because this was the, one of the years that the 49ers were very good, and I believe they even lost to the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I think this may have been the year that Richard Sherman did the whole Aaron Andrews, like, who's talking about you? Chris Harley! We do all talk about Briscoe B. Rush! Yes, we know. Yeah, that guy. That guy. <laughs> I believe that was after. So I, I hated the Seahawks more than anything in my life at that point. Mainly because they whooped the 49ers most yeah, of the time. Yeah, and I didn't want to see them win. And they ended up winning very handily, and it was depressing for me. So that was my number two worst Super Bowl of all time. Chris? Uh, my number two uh, Super Bowl is a variation on uh, Tony's last uh, selection there. Uh, and it's any Super Bowl game that the Broncos ever lost. And the Broncos have lost five Super Bowls in their franchise history. And get this, guys, the five losses are by a total of 156 points. Not only were they blown out by Seattle in the game that Tony mentioned, they lost a game to the Giants 37-20. to They lost Niners. a game to the Cowboys 27-10. to they lost a game to the Redskins, 42-10. to And then the granddaddy of them all was Super Bowl 24 when the 49ers beat them, 55-10. to I mean, there was a time where the Broncos made, I think, three Super Bowls in six years and lost every one of them by 30 points. <laughs> I, I, the NFL, I think, was about to outlaw from the Broncos from even competing <laughs> for the AFC Championship any longer because the, the Super Bowl was so bad, so dull. And, I mean, imagine five losses by 156 points. That's an average of 31 points per game. Broncos have been part of the ugliest Super Bowls ever played. Mind you, John Elway was their quarterback during that. I mean, not the most recent one, but during those times, that was John Elway. And that's why it was such a big deal when he won back-to-back because his other attempts attempts had not gone well at all. Uh, Numbers is two, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> ironically, it is that 49er drubbing of the Broncos. 
55 to 10 in Super Bowl 24. What I remember about that game, A, I remember the 49er whites because they wore whites in that game. And I remember they them literally going up and down the field. Like <laughs> there was there was no resistance at all uh, at that point. And you know, by the end of the first first quarter, you were like, "All right, what what's that? What else is on TV at this point?" That would that, yeah. That's that's always the fear going into the Super Bowl. I, I guess I'd rather have a low scoring close game than a blowout early that that's over early. Game. I don't know that that Rams uh, that Patriots. Rams Patriot game. It was, was that was tough to watch. It man. really was. Uh, all right. Yes. Thank you, Frank. My number one is Super Bowl thirty five. The Ravens beat the Giants thirty four to seven. All I remember about this game is that it was it was just so one sided. The Giants really had no chance. Ray Lewis and that Ravens defense was just, like, no pun intended, killing people out there. And they were just uh, unstoppable that year. It's, it's funny. When you watch the documentary. I need to watch that. One of the things they talk about often is is how in that when they started games, their mindset was somebody's leaving this. One of these quarterbacks is leaving this game <laughs> early. He's not going to make it through the game. They talked about it openly. And that's just to go to show you how much the rules have changed. I mean, could you imagine hearing that? If that got leaked out oh, today, man. oh, my God, there'd be all kinds of it fines levied. People, blue heads would pop off. Yeah, Chris? Yeah, yeah. the Giants would not have scored a touchdown in that game except for they returned a kickoff. That was their only seven points. So the only reason I didn't select that game because I thought about it was that I have trouble – saying that brilliant's bad and that baltimore defense was brilliant yeah and i did get a chance to watch that bullies of baltimore show the other night tony and you're right it's really a spectacular espn 30 for 30 about that team Uh, that ravens defense was one of a kind for sure uh, there's absolutely no question what the worst Super Bowl ever played was, though, guys. And uh, I know it's before your time, but Super Bowl V was a victory by the Colts over the Cowboys, 16-13. to They played it in the Miami Orange Bowl. The reason it's the worst Super Bowl game ever played, the two teams combined for 11 turnovers in a Super Bowl oh, game. Ball security wasn't very important in Super Bowl Five, huh? Not too important. The Baltimore Colts... The Baltimore Colts won the game, and they turned it over seven times. That's crazy. Dallas had four turnovers. Dallas also set a Super Bowl record with 10 penalties that day for 133 yards. It was a complete mess, and the game is still referred to this day as the Blunder Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh... The Cowboys fared a little bit better in in my number one selection as worst Super Bowl. It was Buffalo's first attempt at taking down yeah. the Cowboys. This one went the worst. I think there was uh there was some there were some turnovers on Buffalo's side. They get whooped in this game fifty two to seventeen. This is Super Bowl twenty seven. Um they would come back again next year. They would suffer the same fate, but it was a little bit closer game. But this one was uh this was one of the all time this was probably the Buffalo's Worst appearance in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was bad, and uh, that was the game that Leon Lett would have added a touchdown to the final total had he not strutted across the goal line and been uh, stripped of the ball by Don Beebe. Was that Tasker? Oh, Beebe. Beebe got it. That's right. Don Beebe. That's what everybody remembers about that game. That's about the only thing anybody remembers. That's the only, about I was about to say, that that's the only highlight I ever remember seeing from that game. Yeah, you see it over and over. 
That's our countdown for the week as we head into Super Bowl Sunday. Now, as for that uh, baseball news I tease, there's another extension that was handed out, this time to a Houston Astro. Mm. We talked a little bit about him uh, maybe a couple days ago, but Christian Javier gets a five-year extension. Uh, the value of the extension is $64 million. So you can argue that, once again, the, the Astros find a way to keep costs down um javier who's 25 years of age recorded 194 strikeouts allowed 89 hits posting a career low 2.54 era during the regular season he's a big reason why i think the astros felt comfortable allowing verlander to go away uh and and so he gets rewarded with an extension we are we are seeing a lot of extensions and i think that is also a cause as was free agency a cause of this new collective bargain agreement uh, everything's real green right now, Chris, and the Astros lock in one of their young one of their young rotation pieces. Yeah, he was the guy who pitched the no hitter in the uh, in the that's right in the World Series, or at least for six innings of a war, of a no hitter, and then they they finished it off. Yeah, I mean, look, good teams are figuring out that it's not easy to get good players, and when you get them, the way to stay good is to keep these players. And you know, baseball has changed quite a bit. It used to be that guys would get too expensive and you know teams would let them go but that's not happening anymore teams are locking these guys up and you know the the astros they're probably the best franchise in baseball right now i mean let's be honest i mean as much fun as we're having with the padres you know the astros at least have a couple of world series one of them was tainted but there was nothing tainted about what they did last year and you know they've been in the world series practically it seems every season for the last decade so uh, I think they got the best franchise in baseball right now until somebody topples them off the perch. That is the – I think they're the model right now. I mean, we, we often talk about the Dodgers. We talk about the Yankees. We talk about a, a bunch of different teams. And I think part of the reason we don't talk about the Astros is because of the scandal. It's still kind of hovering over them, even though the most of those guys from the, those teams are, are not even a part of the organization anymore. Um, but – in terms of their success that they've had here as a recent run, I don't know why you would, wouldn't model uh, your your organization after what they've been able to do. Uh, certainly, um, certainly a ton of success in a in a little bit of time um, for the Astros, and and that's despite those that the turmoil they went through. And Dusty Baker has a huge hand in why they've been able to turn it around. Really. I mean, pretty quickly. I, I mean, I don't even know if it was really a turnaround. It was just the scandal happened. They remained good throughout the, the process of that, and then they, it culminates with uh, a world title last year. So um, it's an interesting uh, thing they got going there in Houston. All right, let's step away. Let's get to break. Four o'clock hour on the way. A little Chris versus the fans. 833-288-0973. When we return, more going to Chris. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 